podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, thanks for listening to the show. Join your hosts, Bill Alpstead and Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Pot. Uh, podcast special episode coming at you today we're doing a live feed right after the game giving our uh, reaction to the incredible uh win on the road in overtime against the detroit lions uh seahawks come away 37 31 on a uh walk-off touchdown drive uh by geno smith and company keith how you doing man i'm Man, I, I got to tell you, if um, this game, like, it's one of those, it's like, here, let's let's raise your blood pressure a little bit. Um, <laughs> it, it's just back and forth, and every time the CX looked like they were in control, they would give something up, and when the Lions looked like they were in control, Seattle would jump back into it, and, and it was just a fantastic uh, game, just super entertaining all the way to the end. Um, God, this, this is what makes the NFL the king right here. <laughs> right, right. You know, did I not uh, text you earlier? Uh, I said, okay, let's see if we can do this. Let's see if we can close this out. I think it's going to come down to whoever has the ball last, you know, and that's what it felt like, it, you know, at the end of the third quarter, it's the beginning of the fourth quarter, and that's the way that it ended. It's like the the last team with the ball won this game, and the Seahawks made it a little interesting with some missed field goals, Keith. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, I thought that this this team, the Seahawks, outplayed this Detroit team from the the jump. There was some back and forth, but I always felt like Seattle was the better team in this game. And given the fact that nobody gave us a shot, all you went out to to the multiple uh sites before this game every pundit every uh expert was picking the lions to win this game nobody was giving us a shot even our own fans had serious doubts we had serious doubts i picked, uh, even i picked even, seattle to win you even, didn't but i picked seattle yeah, to win. even <laughs> even the best of us uh had a hard time now i will say this i woke up and i felt this kind of quiet confidence. Um, and, uh, I, I just kind of felt like, uh, if the Seahawks offensive line could somehow figure out a way, we still had a really good team. You know, we didn't show up last week, especially in the second half. That is true, but our offense is really good. We've got some great, uh, key, um, athletic playmakers, And then, uh, you know, the defense just kind of needed to step it up a little bit. They did end up with some pressures. They did end up with a couple of sacks. We did have three turnovers. We had an interception return for a touchdown by Trey Brown. So they did just enough to overcome Mm -hmm. those, uh, those couple mistakes by Jason Myers to win this game in overtime on the road against a really up and coming tough. Lions team couldn't I, I couldn't have asked for a better game really oh, yeah. and a better result to to get that last game out of our system and to now look forward uh, from here on out. Yeah, the Lions are still probably favorites to win their division, um, and I mean they're a good team. That's we're used to not saying that they, the Lions we're used to the Lions being terrible, um, but this is a good football team, and. Um, they can, they have a lot of weapons. They've got a lot of talent. Um, and Seattle had to go on the road coming off an awful, um, performance against the Rams in the opener and really kind of show everyone what they were made of. And I, I liked a lot of what I saw. They, they made some kind of dumb mistakes in terms of penalties and that kind of stuff and had some calls that were just egregiously bad go against them. And they were able to overcome that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, having Jason Myers miss those field goals was hurt. What hurt? Because if he makes those, it's a different game, and it's not just because, um, oh, you know, they have those six points, or whatever. But what you have is you have Detroit playing much more aggressively and taking more chances and probably turning the ball over more. Uh, 
and and really just giving Seattle more opportunities to make plays. And I think the game becomes easier if he makes those kicks. But in the end, you got to overcome your mistakes. You got to overcome the bad calls. And Seattle did that. You know, Gino finishing 32 of 41, 322 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Of course, that game winning drive, uh, which which instills uh, even more confidence that he's the guy. He's the guy mm-hmm. that the Seahawks have got in their uh, pocket to take this team uh, as far as um, as they can go. And so that's a good feeling to have. Um, I thought Seattle coming into this game when nobody was giving them a shot outside of their own organization, outside of their own locker room. I thought this was an important week, um, for them to come together as a team, uh, during practice, they got Witherspoon back, I think, which is a, a key addition. Uh, they well, knew they were going to be Rick Woolen getting hurt in the first quarter and going out. Yeah. Like it's a good yeah. thing that they had, um, Witherspoon back and he played well. And Trey Brown had an excellent game, I will say. Kobe Bryant still uh, continued to struggle a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, everyone else in the secondary, I thought, played pretty well. Julian Love was out of position a couple different times, but there was some miscommunication things going on there. Um, I'll, I'll give them uh, overall a little bit of a break. They've faced a tough Lions offense uh, with a lot of weapons, and Jared Goff is actually playing really well. Played really well in this game, actually, too. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and what they did is they came together, though, on the road. So this is a great opportunity for a team to come together on the road, um, facing a, a, an adver- adversary that is um, on paper just as good, possibly slightly even better than them, won a tough game against the Kansas City Chiefs the, the week prior, and go in and really come together. And it, it's you know, as things will do, especially early in a season, um, it started out pretty well. Uh, Ken Walker started the game with a really nice run. It was tougher for him to, to run for the next couple of quarters until he kind of opened it up a little bit in the fourth quarter. But it was a great way to start the game. They ended up a, a opening drive, touchdown, Lions answered, and that's kind of the way it went back and forth. Um, Seahawks missed a few opportunities there uh, with a couple of missed field goals. Uh, but they generated some turnovers when they needed to to get a stop. Um, they didn't let this game get out of hand. In fact, they went up um, by by a couple scores there. Heading into the fourth quarter, they were up 10 points. And the Lions just wouldn't quit. They came back. Um, hats off to them for, for doing that. We just couldn't seem to get a stop or get it done uh, right there at the end. But then, as luck would have it, um, we ended up getting that coin toss. Uh, in overtime, and we never let the Lions get the ball back. Yeah. Um, I will say that in the at the end of the game, there was a couple of different things. One was that offensive pass interference on uh, Parkinson was... At the end of the... A, yeah. Right at the end of the game. That was such a brutally yeah. bad call. He was, so talk only, to me he was about within that. two yards of the line of scrimmage. You're allowed to make contact within five yards. Um, and, and the defender did not allow the offensive player to get to a spot. He's a receiver. Yeah. And um, so uh, that, I mean, yeah, it's within five yards. There's contact allowed there. And honestly, that contact should have just been allowed and that play should have gone um, as it was. Uh, was, that, was that called, was the, was there only a call there because he actually was the receiver as well and ended up catching the ball? So he, I don't know. He created it, doesn't an ma- advantage it shouldn't there. matter. It shouldn't matter. Interesting. Um, we see, we see that all the time in, in every game where guys, you know, you use that contact area in the five yards, whether you're the offensive player or the defensive player and you, you make contact and then you release from that contact. And that's what the rule states you got to do. And that's what, um, what Parkinson did there. And it, it basically that should have been a first down. The Seahawks should have been able to, um, move the chains. They, would that would have taken them to the, the two minute warning. Yep. They would have had three more plays to, um, burn the lions timeouts. The Lions would have had no timeouts, and if Seattle gets another first down in the middle of that, the game's yeah. over. Uh, and so, like, yep. it was just such a bad call. And then Gino took such an awful sack mm-hmm. in the play after. And I get him running around; he's trying to make sure that they get to the two-minute warning. But once you got there, just throw the ball up and out of bounds. Like, throw it as hard as you can 
because it the play doesn't stop until it hits the ground. So you can get the ball up in the air for three or four seconds. Um, once you get down near close, you just got to throw that away. You can't take that was like a 17 yard sack um, and give uh, the Lions a better field position. Now, as it was, it didn't matter uh, because the Lions moved the ball pretty easily, took the field goal, got into overtime. Seattle won it. But uh, a couple of mistakes there, one by the, the officials, one by Gino, and it did give the Lions a shot. I mean, the coin toss really came down to it because I honestly don't have any faith in our defense to have gotten the stop if the Lions had won the toss and got the ball. So it really did kind of come down to the coin Yeah, I think this, there. you know, the, the, the story out of this game, the overarching story, I believe, is going to be how Seattle overcame adversity um, on the road to, to win this game. Their, mm-hmm. their two starting uh, tackles, offensive tackles, are out. Um, Lucas is on IR, had a procedure on his knee. Don't know exactly what the timeline is. It's at least four weeks. He's got that mm-hmm. bye week after that. So technically, he's got a little bit extra time, which is good. Um, Abe Lucas, excuse me, Charles Cross is week to week. Um, so we we knew that going in. Peters wasn't going to be ready to play. So we went with the inexperienced offensive line at the at the tackle position with Forsythe on the left side, Kerhan on the right, and then Evan Brown goes out in the second quarter. Uh, Oluwatimi comes in. We've got three replacement offensive linemen for the majority of this game, Keith, and I thought we played outstanding football. Oh, yeah, and one of the, uh, like, uh, Phil Haynes at guard is a replacement level. I mean, he's a guy that's, this is his first time ever starting uh, as a, for a season. Uh, he's never, you know, been able to really, really win a competition. This year, he just didn't have one. Um, and so he's a decent player, but he's not like a, he's not a star. He's not a guy that you're going to depend on. And really, I mean, it's, it's Damian Lewis and who, right. Um, out there. And I thought the game plan was good. They moved Gino around. So to, um, slow the pass rush down, they got the ball out of his hands really quickly. They didn't try and stretch the field deep because they knew they weren't going to have time. They ran the ball, even though they didn't necessarily run it effectively in the second and third quarters, it worked in the first and the fourth. And, um, it just, it made life easier on the offensive line. They did what they needed to do. And, um, yeah, you're right. Overcoming the adversity. Like, that's a lot. And then, you know, DK Metcalf was out for a little bit. Yeah, with, um, the missed field goals, right. Yeah, the sack and, taken at the, at the end there. And then yeah. what might've been the worst intentional grounding call of all time, um, <laughs> in there which ended up not mattering because seattle scored anyway which that was that that was a like that was a statement drive because you have a penalty like that you lose down and 10 yards um Mm -hmm. it that would in the past that would have killed a lot of seattle drives that would sell that that locket td pass there you know by gino was 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 a great pass too just a great oh yeah and a great great catch as soon as he let go of it and you could see it in the air. I just go, oh, too easy. And he had like the ball hadn't even come down yet. And Lockett was covered. The guy had it had it on there, but you just saw it. I mean, Lockett's not gonna drop that or anything. He uh catches the ball through contact as well as anyone in the NFL. And he had a step and that ball you knew that was dropping right in there. That was just... Gino made that look easy. And uh, yeah. that was beautiful, beautiful touchdown. Hey, just a reminder uh, for everyone that's listening and out there, if you're uh, on our YouTube channel, you can leave a comment. We'll see those live as we do the uh, do the show, and we can respond to those as they come up. So uh, give us a shout-out if you'd like. Um, I will say that the, the two defensive plays uh, were key to this game. As close as this game was tied going uh, into overtime, obviously, um, the two defensive plays I thought were key. Nuasu. Uh, stripping the ball of Montgomery. Uh, mm-hmm. Seattle recovers on uh, the Lions 23. And then, of course, the Trey Brown interception return for a touchdown. Um, talk to me a little bit about the impact of the defense on this game. Well, I mean, this is this is kind of what we were expecting of this defense is they, they're improved over last year where they were awful, um, but they're not going to be good, right? They're not, this isn't, no one's going to confuse this defense with the 2013 
uh, Seahawk defense. They're not anywhere close. Uh, but what they need to do is they need to get stops when they can, um, and they need to get turnovers. They need to be aggressive and, and go after the ball. Uh, and if they do that, all you got to do is give Geno Smith and this offense a couple of extra possessions because of, you know, getting a turnover or, um, you know, making a, a, a spectacular play on defense when it looks like they're going to convert just a couple of extra possessions and the offense is going to kind of take advantage of that. And that's what happened here. I mean, in both of yeah. um, both of those instances, I mean, one of them, the defense turned it into, into points, but the other one, the offense turned around and turned it into points. So, um, you know, you, you keep giving Gino and the and company the ball He's going to score. This offense has too much talent not to. Even with the backups, three backups on the offensive line, they still are going to put up points. Yeah. I think that you can add in, too, the the uh, play where Seattle's uh, defense stopped the Lions from converting on fourth down. On fourth down. There, right at the end of the third quarter, heading into the fourth quarter. That's what led to that Geno Smith to lock it touchdown as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are huge plays. Huge, yeah. Huge. That's what I'm saying. Like it's not just turnovers, but, but plays like that, you, you're giving, you're basically just giving Gino extra possessions and the offense is good enough. They're going to put points up. Even we when, talked about how, I'm, go ahead. I say, even with the, the way the running game wasn't really working because and I, because of the offensive line stuff and they couldn't run the, the entire offense because they couldn't run guys like DK deep and that kind of stuff. They still just, found ways to move the chains all three tight ends got involved which is great to see um still can't run a screen press to save their lives but they'll keep trying uh, <laughs> yeah so yeah. one of the things that we talked about in this off season um one of the things i thought would be the keys to actually um making the offense you know top five offense is our ability to generate turnovers as a defense and give Gino. Uh, more chances to uh, have the offense on the field. And we saw that today. And I think that's going to kind of be a important uh, metric uh, as we move through this season. And one of the reasons I think why the Trey Brown interception happened is the three plays leading up to that play or the, the two plays leading up to that play, including that play. So three plays total, we turned up the pressure. We mm-hmm. uh, blitzed on all three of those. They stacked. I hadn't seen this formation on the defense. Uh, uh, it wasn't successful, but uh, they they put like three rushers on one side in addition to the the normal pass rush, the four guys. And they uh, Goff, uh, completed the pass on that down um, there. But, but right after that is when we got to him and uh, he um, threw it into coverage and Trey Brown uh, picked that thing off. So I thought that's going to be important. We hadn't seen a lot of pressure uh, in the previous game. We hadn't seen any blitzes at all. And they they really kind of turned it up in the second half in this game. Which I, I'm surprised that we haven't seen it more. I mean, this is um, when you're running a 3-4, you've got the ability to bring guys from both sides or um, because you, you've got essentially got two pass rushers in there um, in your linebackers at all times. Like It's easy to bring that extra body. And they just have not been doing it. Uh, it just, it's been kind of frustrating. Uh, hopefully, the fact that they they did this at the end of the game, it and it paid dividends. The coaching staff will loosen things up a, a bit and um, bring pressure more when when they have opportunities to, and uh, we can see more because they really need to um, just be more aggressive. Yeah. So I want to kind of break out this this overtime drive. Um, and, and just so how much Gino really just took this upon himself to will this team down the field. So, uh, first play in overtime, Gino Smith passes to, uh, Noah Fant for 17 yards. First down mm-hmm. is incomplete, uh, from the 42 yard line, second down throw to, uh, to Fant third down throw to Medcalf for 20 yards. Um, then a second down Smith to Parkinson throw to the 14 yard line, first down Walker to the 11. Second down, pass to Medcalf. Third and uh, two was the TD um, to lock it there, right uh, at the cone, um, which was a remarkable 
uh, effort by Lockett to get that touchdown. But the confidence that I saw from Gino in orchestrating this drive was something else. I mean, mm-hmm. after after that tough game, the resiliency of this team, overcoming the sack, and just completely washing that out of his system and come back and put that thing together was was crazy. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the things that... Um... You know, Gina put up a lot of stats last year, but what he didn't have was those signature moments where he took a team that was down and drove them back and won the game. Um, the kind of stuff that that Russ did a lot um, earlier in his career. And so it was like, okay, he's compiling stats, but is he really, you know, one of, one of those the guys? Um, and when he took that awful sack at the end of the game and gave the Lions a chance to... Um, tie it and send it into overtime it's another one of those like maybe he's just not a finisher but then he comes out in overtime and just executes and he just um everything was perfect he made such great uh decisions with the ball got him there threw some into some tight windows but they were completed um and just moved the chains over and over again and the offensive line too came through for him and gave him the time true they, I mean, it, it, it's not more than one person. It's got eight, right? Um, but at the same time, like he, there's a lot of poise that's required. You know, you do well in that situation. You drive your team down and, and score, you win. If you um, fail in that situation, you're probably going to lose. And he would look, look so confident and so calm and so poised. Like that was one of those things that we kind of hadn't seen from Gino yet. And, and I wanted to see. Um, I had a feeling it was in there, but there was half a second on that drive, Keith, where I thought when they handed the ball off to, to Walker, um, for a short gain, I was thinking there was a moment there where I was, I was like, is this team going to play for a win or are they playing just to kind of make sure they put points on the board and play it safe? They, you saw them play it safe earlier in the game when Pete, Kept the the offense on the field initially. Clock went down to two. They called a timeout, then sent uh, the punter out um, mm-hmm. to to punt the ball uh, to a Lions offense that is formidable uh, on the road. And later in the game, they ended up going for it on fourth down and converting. Um, yep. And then you saw in the fourth quarter, Gino kept pressing uh, forward over and over. He that's why I'm saying they that he kind of put it on his shoulders. He just kind of kept pressing that ball down the field in chunk plays um, wasn't going to just um, take three, four, five yards what the defense was giving him. He was going to kind of exert his will on this thing to make sure that the Seahawks didn't give the ball back. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, it was the whole whole offense played great on that drive. I mean, just like everybody. It came down to when they when he completed that pass to Lockett at the end and he turned the corner, I'm like, okay, he's got the first down. And I was thinking he was going to get pushed out of bounds at about the one-yard line. They were going to line up. Mm. They were going to give it mm-hmm. to him. Walker up the middle. Walker was going to get the touchdown. And we were going to we were going to walk off. And then, of course, Lockett just did Lockett things and and and, <laughs> and got the ball to the pylon. And um, uh, you know, so they didn't need to, they didn't need the other play. But you could just there was just something about the way that they were going down the field. It just felt like they weren't getting stopped. Um that there was always going to be someone open and it, and it's just Chino's job to find him. And he was finding him on every play. They just weren't going to be stopped. And um, yeah, I, I, I like the fact that they went, they went for the touchdown. They drove it down. They didn't get conservative once they got in field goal range or anything like that. They kept pushing yeah. it down the field. And when they were facing a coach that was never going to be conservative if he got the ball. Yeah. Um, Cause in the past, Pete would have those moments where he'd, all right, we're in field goal range. Let's not turn it over. Let's take the points. Let our defense, you know, come out and, and get a stop and, and win the game. And um, I'm glad that he didn't do that because I don't, I don't have faith in this defense to get a stop and keep the uh, Lions well, on, a, on a really good, talented offensive team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the Lions um, are good. So, so, so t- talk to me about this um, and we'll, we'll just kind of have a, a chat. For a little bit here um put this in perspective put this um 
this early season so far, played two games, it's early. But put it in perspective as far as what this win means for this team. Well, I think this win means a lot because when you come out and you just absolutely lay an egg against um, the Rams, which aren't necessarily a good football team, um, there were a lot, and that's the reason why everyone picked Detroit to win yeah. this game was because Seattle looked bad. Detroit looked good. Seattle lost to a bad team. Detroit beat, you know, the um, uh, defending Super Bowl champs and Patrick Mahomes, and that's a really good team. Um, if Seattle had lost in this game and lost looking bad, this season could have gotten away from him in a hurry. And so, um, to me, um, this was a statement. Now they could have lost this game, but they, but lost it in a competitive way. You know what I mean? Like right there, you know, on the road against a good team and, um, maybe came up a little bit short. And I don't think it would have been the end of the world. Yes, 0-2 sucks, but um, I think that they're they're still capable of overcoming that. But to get the win here, um, that's huge. It really is. And um, I just think that it, it, it adds a lot of confidence to the team. They Overcoming all the adversity, get, you know, being able to get a win on the road against a good team without your offensive line, um, there's going to be some swagger next week. And they've earned it. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Nice wrap up. We got a question. Yep. So Kristen Fonte, uh, Kristen Fonte, uh, one of our best commenters, I will say, uh, on our YouTube channel, asked the question, what was the deal with the intentional grounding call with the locket, um, locket play? Uh, thanks for the po- live post game commentary. Yeah, that was an absolutely egregiously bad call. Because it can't be intentional grounding if the quarterback's not under pressure. Intentional grounding by a rule means you have to be basically throwing the ball away to avoid a sack when, and they're having nobody um, inside the pocket. Yeah. Um, you get outside the pocket, you can still have intentional grounding if you don't get the ball either near someone or past the line of scrimmage. But inside the pocket like that, um, yeah, I mean, it's if you're, if you're not under pressure, it can't be intentional grounding. And there was nobody within seven yards of Gino when he let go of that ball. He thought Lockett was um, going deep. Lockett turned and cut out, and it was a misunderstanding. The ball landed out there. And why they would turn around and um, call that intentional grounding makes no sense. It's just... It was a bad the way call. the rule is written. There's just there's yeah. no way to interpret the rule and and say that was intentional grounding. It was just an awful and there's call. no way to review it either. So it it's 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 one of those calls that yep. they just the <laughs> the flag goes and that's it because um yeah there's mm-hmm. they could have picked up the flag um but they didn't conference they didn't get together and talk about it at all uh, mm-hmm. I think it was just a bad interpretation um and you kind of laid it out there for sure. In the Got another end, question. Though, I'm I'm really happy that the Seahawks turned that into a touchdown, right? That same drive, they overcame the awful call. Yeah, yeah. The loss of down, the loss of 10 yards, the loss of, um, you know, just make, they, they just got put, they got put behind the sticks by a bad call and it didn't matter. They came back, they got the touchdown anyway on that drive and, um, you know, we're all happy about that. And and that's, that's how you, what you got to do. You got to, sometimes you got to overcome those bad calls. Yeah, on the road. Yeah, that's that's right. I mean, overcoming the, the tackles, overcoming uh, Brown's injury, overcoming Tariq Woolen coming uh, out of the game. Medcalf was out for uh, a little bit of time. You're on the road. You missed two field goals. Um, Gino takes a, a bad sack at the end of the game, allows the other team to come back and tie it, and then you go and win it in overtime. Just tremendous. I really honest it, it, that this thing, this is the kind of win that sets you up for the rest of the season. Because you wash that other really bad performance out and you replace it with a performance that is defining uh, who you really are. And, um, and I, I, I love to see it. Got another question. Uh, Bob's Discount off of uh, our YouTube channel asks, who was the Seahawk MVP of the game? Hmm. That 
is a good question. I'm, uh, I'm leaning on Gina Smith in this one. I think that um, he was just calm enough, poised enough. He did what he needed to do to lead this team. Um, yeah, I mean, DK had a great game. Lockett had a great game. Um, both those guys really stepped up and played well. But I think Gino spread the ball around enough got enough guys involved that there wasn't one other like playmaker who just stood way above everybody else. Yeah. So I'm going to give you would, I'm going to give it to Gino. Yeah. I think I would uh, as well. Uh, you could certainly say, okay, I'm going to give it to the offensive line. Uh, I think the offensive line just was like outstanding. And it, as a group, um, they were the difference maker in this game. Mm-hmm. I think uh, they gave Gino the time uh, Gino uh, had you know, was, was, was harassed a couple different times, uh, for sure, but they didn't impact the game and, uh, the play of the offensive line though, uh, allowed the Seahawks to move the ball, allowed the Seahawks to stay on the field, to score points, uh, to, to put us in a position. We, we had an additional six points that came off the board. Uh, in addition to what we already had, we put up 31, um, initially, and then 37 there, uh, without the extra point, uh, in overtime. Um, that's and a, that's six a lot other of points, points on the road against the Lions, right? Six other points that, you know, if your field goal kicker does what he it almost is almost just automatic at um, and any other day. Yeah, you get um, you get um, an additional six points there. So that's a lot of points. Agreed. Um, yeah. Kristen uh, asked another question. She said, which player surprised us the most? Why don't you start this time, Bill? Wow. Um, I'm not going to say Gino because I, I expect Gino to come in and do this. Um, he, he did it last year. He was paid to, to come in and play like this. Um, even though he's the MVP, uh, he earned that, uh, but it's not a surprise. Um, I think that I'm going to have to, uh, go Trey Brown. I thought Trey Brown played a great game. Uh, it was, it, he was facing some tough, um, receivers on the other side. Amon's uh, St. Brown is, is a receiver. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a tough player to defend. Uh, Mara Gibbs as a uh, receiving back out of the backfield is a tough player to defend. Um, their uh, tight end Laporta was excellent. Uh, had yeah, an excellent was. game. Uh, Trey Brown had a couple of pass defenses uh, where he knocked the ball down. Uh, last week, they didn't really have any. Um, and I wasn't expecting too much, uh, from this secondary this week, uh, to be completely honest. Jared Goff is a really good game manager quarterback. He's not an excellent, um, dynamic thrower in the NFL, uh, but he knows how to get the ball in. He doesn't turn the ball over very well. So when you intercept, um, Jared Goff, it's because you made a play, not because Jared Goff made a mistake. And so Trey Brown surprised me a little bit. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. I think that um, there were a few plays. I mean, he gave up uh, up at least one of the touchdowns and, and that kind of stuff. But um, he's also used to playing on the other side. That's not the role that he came into this week thinking he was going to have. Um, but you lose Reek Woolen, you know, early in the game and you got to step up and play. Um, to me, uh, the guy that surprised me the most was on the other side of the field. Um, and that was Witherspoon. Uh, this is a guy who didn't play in the preseason, didn't play in week one, missed most of training camp. Um, there was a lot of talk that he was going to be, you know, the nickel and not the the starter um, on the outside just because of how good the other guys had been. But then um, that's kind of not worked out. So he's out there getting his first start, getting his first NFL experience and looked really good out there, made some plays. Um against the run, you know, didn't get the ball thrown in his direction much, which meant Goff thought that his guys were uh, covered, which is what he's there for. I thought he played really well. And given just the lack of um, his ability to prepare because of his uh, hamstring injury, um, yeah, he definitely surprised me. I didn't expect him to be this good, this quick. One of the other uh, players that I guess you could say surprised was a guy that I didn't know that was going to play at all was Oluwatimi. Uh, came in for Evan Brown and played really well um, mm-hmm. it, to the point where you didn't ha- have to mention him. Like he just really kind of just fit in, uh, made all the line calls, 
had great snaps back to Geno Smith. Just just played a real nice, effective game. I also want to comment too on the uh, position group uh, at at tight end. I thought the tight ends in this game had a great uh, impact on the mm-hmm. game. Will Disley caught some great balls, moved the chains a couple different times. Noah Fant had a couple of big catches in this game, um, and Kobe Parkinson did too. Take away that very very questionable. Pass inter- offensive pass interference call at the end of the game in the fourth quarter there uh, to stall that drive. Um, I thought that he had some impact plays as well, and that should have been one um, on, on that reception to, to mm-hmm. gain a first down and keep that drive going at the end of the fourth quarter. And obviously um, the play of the offensive tackles needs mentioned if we're talking about surprises because you your, your backup yeah. left tackle, your backup right tackle, both in there. Um, and those guys held up. Um, I, I'm not going to say that either of them looked like a pro bowler because um, they're not, but they're when you have both your tackles out and you have two backups in there, you're expecting it to be ugly. And honestly, it wasn't that ugly. I thought they they played pretty damn well. And the Lions um, have a great defense. So, Dan Campbell has those guys playing really well. Yeah, I don't know if they're a great defense. They're a good defense. They've got they're a good, good defense, defense with a few excellent players like um Aiden Hutchinson. Um yeah, and, and Gardner. Yeah. Johnson yeah. Gardner, or uh Johnson Gardner. Yeah. Yeah. So they've they've got a couple of uh, of um really quality players and overall they're they're a they're a decent defense. But I mean, do those tackles had to line up and and uh keep Hutchinson from, you know, decapitating Gino and that's a tall order for any player, let alone, you know, a backup. Uh, but they, I thought they did well. I thought they played, they, they definitely exceeded my expectations. So on a win like this, it's really easy to kind of get into it and talk about all the good fluffy things and feel good stories. Um, were there any things uh, that you saw that, that came out of this week that you know that we're still going to have to work on? Well, I think that there was um, a lack of pressure on Goff, especially in the first half. Like he just had all the time in the world to throw, um, and 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 that's concerning, especially given you know you, when you got Nawasu and and Daryl Taylor and and the other pass rushers available, they should be able to get pressure uh, more consistently than they have been. Um, that to me is still incredibly concerning. Um, and then just, there was a, yeah, there was a point at the, you know, at the end of this game at 31, 31, where Jared Goff was 28 to 35, 323 yards, three touchdowns and an interception had a passer rating of over 120, 125. Yeah. And there was, a um, trying to look back at, uh, this because there was a, too. yeah, there Greg was a, Bell, there... Greg Bell posted at the end of the, uh, uh, third quarter, three minutes into the third quarter, Jared Goff was 16 and 19, 229 yards, two touchdowns at that time, 58 uh, dropbacks so far in the season at that moment uh, by opposing quarterbacks. And the pass rush had no sacks, only two quarterback hits. No one has touched Goff today. Greg Bell, yeah. So. And then another spot, um, not long after, there was a, a graphic up on the. Um, on the screen, you know, when, when Goff was 18 of 22 for 242 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, and a passer rating of 142.8. Yeah, um, yeah that was so, just So what do you, what do you think? What's, what's going on with the defense? Yeah, obviously, we got it done. Uh, I think we kept a prolific Lions uh, offense in check. At least we were able to kind of keep up with them on the offensive side of the ball. But, you know, at some point, we're going to need to address these sorts of things. Um, you know, Dre Jones, for example, uh, our $55 million guy. Yeah. Uh, other than that though, um, which, which he kind of backed into, you know, af- after four seconds or so of, uh, the, the play being alive. Um, I'm not going to take that away from him. I'm not trying to do that. What I am saying though, is beyond that, he hasn't been ter- uh, terribly effective this season so far. Um, you know, and we haven't really called anybody else's name out as far as a mm-hmm. guy that's that's really making plays now. Nawasu had a nice play uh, behind the line of scrimmage against Montgomery, their running back, but not against Jericho. Yeah, and um, I think that Jerron Reed had a couple of nice plays where he um, 
was able to explode into the backfield, stop a running back before they could get up to the line of scrimmage, that kind of stuff. So there's some, I still think the, the defensive line needs to be better. And, um, a question comes in that said, did love and Jones earn their big paychecks? I don't think they've earned them yet. Um, Jones needs to make more plays, um, for what, what he's making. Love is making tackles, but he's get he's had himself out of position a couple of times. I think that will tighten up as, uh, the communication gets better and they get some consistency on who's playing around him because yeah, right um, and this some of some of this is coming from the players around i agree with that so um i think that you know they just need some some consistency they need reek woolen to be healthy through this game and and uh, weatherspoon to be healthy on the other side and and some of that stuff to happen i think once they get a little more consistency things will tighten up and and he'll be fine um, and we know Jones has all the ability, like we've seen it uh, in every, you know, his previous uh, years in Denver. He was a dominant player. I I think the team's asking him to do a little bit more than he was asked to do in Denver because, you know, this being a 3-4 instead of a 4-3. And um, so it may take, you know, some time for him to adapt and, and uh, be able to take on the extra responsibilities and still be explosive. Um, but we know the talents there and the guy is just incredibly talented. So we know that, that, uh, the talents there, I expect the the production to come, but so far I'd say no, neither of those guys have um, quite lived up to their paycheck yet. I know that Artie Burns was called up on to, uh, the team from the practice squad. Good for him, but I did mm-hmm. not see him out there. They went with Trey Brown when, um, Woolen was, was down. Did you also not see Mike Jackson or Mike was Mike Jackson um, available I, for this game? I didn't see Mike Jackson. Um, I didn't see the I, inactive list. Uh, I didn't either. Game, so. um, but I thought I saw Artie Burns on special teams, um, but I didn't see him on the, on the field on defense. Um, there was one play that I thought it was. And then when the player got up and spun around, it said Brown on the back. So um, nope, that wasn't Artie Burns. Um, but yeah, like I, they did a lot more. They played a lot more bass in this game. They, um, uh, Kobe Bryant had more run on the field. I thought, um, in this game than running with more cornerbacks. And I think part of that's just the, the Reek Woolen injury. I think they had plans to get, um, you know, with Woolen and Weatherspoon in there to get Trey Brown in and, and run with those three guys. But when Woolen got hurt, now you've got, you know, those two, uh, your other two guys playing and you, you know, that screws up your plans. So, um, I think they rolled with uh, a third safety and they, um, rolled with their base defense a lot. So Julian love is, um, you know, has played okay, but not Mm -hmm. special so far this year. And now Jamal Adams is returning to practice full time, uh, this week and takes, takes a look at possibly getting some snaps uh, as early as this next game, mm-hmm. how is that going to impact Julian Love and this defense? Well, um, honestly, I'm not sure at this point because when healthy, um, Adams is such a freaky athlete, um, and he can do some things that no other guys in the NFL can do, but he's also so unconventional he's not great in coverage before a safety and um you know there you have to figure out how to get his you know use his skill set in a positive way and limit you know the negative parts of of um you know of his uh game but he's such a freaky athlete and i think that what they can do then is by rotating him and love depending on situation you can use um you can use Adams to do the things that he's really good at, leave love in there the other times and um, get more out of love that way, simply because you're making life simpler on him. You're not asking him to do all the different things because some of those are going to be done by Jamal Adams. I think over the next few weeks, you're going to see more and more of Jamal Adams and Julian Love's going to be used more as a, the, in the Kobe Bryant role, to be honest, the, um, uh, part-time slot, part-time third safety, you know, move him around a little bit. Um, and I think based on what we've seen in this first two games that having love in that role instead of Bryant's going to be a big plus 
but they've got to get Jamal Adams up to speed and um, all of that first. Yeah. So uh, Bob's discount uh, asks, was this one down to improved scheme or improved execution or both? Um, offensively, I think it has more to do with execution. Um, I think that, uh, Gino played better. The offensive line played better. Once the, the tackles went out in the, in the first game against the Rams, the offense completely fell apart and, um, they just couldn't execute anything. And for this week, I thought they executed significantly better. They ran the plays as they were called. Um, so to me, it comes, that part comes down to, uh, improved execution as far as on defense i think it's a little of both there's there was some better play in this game um up front but also they did turn things around and become more aggressive in the second half more blitzing um you know i mean trey brown was a was a corner and he came up and had a sack which meant they had a corner blitz called up which is not a a, a typical seattle thing um and so with in that kind of sense i thought that it was um there was some improved uh, scheme like improved play calling um because i want this team to be more aggressive i think that if you're not gonna if you're gonna give up a lot of plays and a lot of points you should at least be aggressive and take the chance where you might be able to generate a turnover because sitting back in a soft zone and just that. giving up and giving up points and giving up yards and first down after first down like i don't see the point of that if you're not going to be good at least be aggressive so i like to see the aggressive come in I agree. Uh, Kristen adds, uh, any good or bad calls that stood out both on offense and defense? I, I will stick with the, with the good calls for the most part, because there were both on offense and defense. Um, I'm going to say, let's see the, um, I'm going to mention special teams too. Uh, the Jarek Reed, uh, coverage on, uh, a 52 yard punt, uh, a tackle for no gain, uh, so oh, yeah, out there by himself. That was a great play. The guy. That was awesome. I think and the, the Jake Bobo getting down and downing out the five yeah. on another long punt is worth yeah. noting too. That was good. The Seattle, uh, Seahawks stop lions on the fourth down and four on the lions, 30 yard line uh, with nine fifty six to go in the second quarter. Devin Witherspoon with the pass breakup, um, mm-hmm. guy that's, that stepped up. Uh, let me see here. I have a few more, so bear with me. I took a, a few notes. Um, Nuwasu's, uh, forced fumble on Montgomery. I thought was probably one of the plays of the game. Um, Trey Brown's interception. Trey Brown's interception. Um, the, uh, Parkinson completion for 20 yards in the, in the, the third beginning of the third quarter. Um, Walker had some good carries at, at the beginning of the game and then, um, you know, in the fourth quarter as well. Uh, let's see. Okay, well, the, the question so Seahawks now was actually... Held the, not held just, the Lions not just on fourth plays, down again. play calls. Yeah, um, play, calls. play calls. Um, yeah. I, what stand, stood out defensively was the Trey Brown blitz um, that, that generated a sack and... and if uh, they miss that thing, if he misses that thing, uh, Jamari Gibbs, his, his wide player open. that he came off of was wide open on that play. Yes, yeah, somebody, somebody missed an assignment, whether that was Trey Brown or whether it was someone behind him who didn't catch that the play call involved Brown blitzing. Um, yeah, Gibbs was wide open. That was an easy touchdown. Um, and, and those three, three blitzes, like right there, um, mm-hmm. that you'd mentioned the the Trey Brown Three run, also row. the one that he he uh, got the interception on as well in the in the first play in that series, uh, where we 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 stacked that box pretty heavily and blitzed with probably seven seven guys. And they still made the completion, but it was it was the mental shift that mm-hmm. I appreciate um, from uh, Clint Hurt and company um, to kind of turn that game around a little bit because that was a key key play in the game that the interception. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, and and how about the the you know the, the the calls at the end of the game, you know, in overtime, I thought were were all excellent. Um, you know, the the and the completions that Gino made um, were just perfect, perfect execution, perfect play calls, nice aggressive, not too aggressive, but you're letting the other team know that you're you're going to win. You're not going to play for field position or you know set up a, a field goal or whatever you're going down to score points and we did i mean mm-hmm. can't can't say enough about that for sure 
Yeah, and I like the game plan uh, in general of getting um, getting DK the ball not up against the sideline, but running crossing routes and and um, you know where he has a chance to use that like insane speed to just to get separation. Um, and I, I just thought that that was it's a great way to use him. I mean, he's so big and so physical and so strong that running him down the sideline is effective. I mean, it, it works, but when you're not willing to uh, leave Gino in there to get killed because of your backup offensive line, um, bringing him across the field instead yeah. where there are different point, different parts of the zone where, where um, he's open um, was a nice ad, uh, adjustment in order to make sure they got the use out of their um, most athletic offensive player. Also that play where he got a little banged up too, and he almost scored. Um, so you know, close. right down there on the one yard line. I mean, that was yep. a great call too. Yeah. I'm fun. surprised now, they didn't, I'm surprised Seattle didn't challenge that. I thought he got in. Yeah. His knee was down. His so knee was I, down early. It, it was, I, he didn't, he it, didn't, if he had stretched out the ball, but he just was, he was more concerned about keeping that thing wrapped up after getting hit. He didn't, which is the right thing to do. It just, it, right it looked like the way that he hit and got pushed into the end zone, that it was a, um, that it was a touchdown and instead they they marked it there at the one and um you know walker got to to walk it in um so interesting so um panthers are the next team to yep. go against the the seahawks september 24th uh it's a game at lumen field in the mm -hmm. early afternoon um after this game are you back on schedule are you back on the, the hype train um, feeling good about this team? Um, this kind of erases the first game and now you just go forward or are there lingering concerns? Um, I still have lingering concerns about the defense. I think the offense turned things around, especially uh, it's not like, Oh, well they got the players back. And so that's um, why they did better. No, they still had all the backups in there and, you know, because of the injuries and they still managed to put up the points, um, which to me is a great sign. I, I'm, I'm not concerned about the offense. I really am. I'm, I'm not, not I'm still, but I am concerned about, uh, about the defense and I, I am worried. So we'll see. Well, I will say this. Um, the lions played out of their minds. I thought they played an excellent game. Matthew Stafford had one of his best games in a Rams uniform. Mm -hmm. The lions are, are probably a top five offense in this league. Um, when it's all said and done at the end of this season. And so uh, I, I, I think this defense actually played pretty well today. Um, considering, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I do feel better. I, I needed this game. I needed to see this team show up the team that goes on the road, that fights for each other, that comes together and overcomes all this diverse adversity. We'd mentioned all of it in the show. Um, that's the team I want to see. And I feel confident in, in, in making some, some inroads into the playoffs this year. Um, was when you go do that on the road, that's hard. And, mm -hmm. um, so it was, it was a great sign to be able to carry forward, carry this confidence forward into, um, the rest of the season. So for me, it changed, it changed, it did change things. I think. Well, I think that, um, I mean, we can look at early in the early season stuff. I, I think back to um, the 2013 season, you know, the Super Bowl season where Seattle, I believe they were two and two and were looking like they were about to lose to um, Matt Schaub and, and Houston before that uh, a pick six by um, Sherm kind of saved them in that game. And then they got hot and they just ran off all those wins and, um, you know, walk their way all the way through to a championship. Some of the early season struggles and, and stuff that we're seeing with the defense, that doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. Um, guys will get things figured out. Guys will, um, when you have the talent and the work ethic, eventually, you know, the, the execution comes. And I think that we're going to see that from Seattle. I think this defense is going to get better as the season goes along. All right. Um, cool. I, I love this win. I mean, I think this will end up being one of the favorite wins of the season when it's all said and done. We look back. 
Um, I hope because not. Because this was this might be a turning point. I ho- I um, hope it's not a favorite win because I want there to be others between now and the end of the year that are even more fun and even better. And um, easier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Ones not, ones that are yeah. a little less um blood pressure <laughs> inducing. Uh <laughs> You know, as, as, as wins go, as a, as a fan, I love, this was a fun game. Um, I hate the back and forth. I don't like the fact that we allowed them to come back and and get tired, all that kind of stuff. But as a fan of football, this was Mm -hmm. a fun game. All right. So let's, let's get out of here. We've got a lot to look forward to. It's going to be easier to put together a couple shows now this week, Keith, without losing (laughs) two and having the season in doubt already just so early in the season. Now we're right back in it. Yeah, um, we can win. we can figure out how to make up a division game uh, is going to be uh, top of mind here now going forward. So Panthers are in next. Let's let's see if we can take care of business against those guys. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on the live feed. We'll repost this uh, out as a regular uh, video uh, later this afternoon and then uh, the audio recording as well uh, will be made available here probably in about an hour, hour and a half at at the most and then we'll be back for our midweek show and um and then we'll preview that uh that panthers game uh, towards the end of the week and uh thanks again everyone and you can find keith wherever you can find him he told me earlier that it might not be on twitter i don't know where he might be no uh, i so. my technically i still have an account on twitter i just have am no longer using the app i just it's gotten so toxic and um i've just had decided I've I'm I'm done at least for a little bit I'm I'm off there. Um, I did make a thread uh, threads account during the game. That, nice. Not that I've ever posted on it, but I'm there. <laughs> I like that app actually. Yeah, it's less toxic. So have you noticed that the Arizona Cardinals are up seventeen nothing over the Giants? Wow, Giants! Woo, they're in trouble. Yeah, they lost forty to nothing last week, and now they're losing to. Probably the I least talented have, team in the yeah, NFL. I tell you what, I couldn't have predicted that. You know, I, yeah. I, by all accounts, including people out of the Arizona Cardinals camp, have indicated this is this is a, a very poor roster, and uh, they're in the middle of just the beginnings of a, um, a complete roster rebuild, and they're playing hard. I mean, Gannon's mm-hmm. got them playing hard, which is impressive, actually. Um, they may not win a lot of games, but boy, they're well, going to play for that coach. I think back to this Lions team a few years ago in, in Dan Campbell's first year, and they looked like they weren't going to win any games. And late in the season, they got a, a win. Um, and you, and they they played hard, but they just weren't that talented yeah. back then. And when they got into this and got that score and, and won the game, and you see um, the receiver that caught the ball and Goff who threw it um, for that walk-off win run over to their coach and hug their coach in the celebration. I was like, okay, this is a guy that's, he's got a bad team, but the, but the culture is right. And you knew the Lions were going to turn things around. Um, when you see a team that's as bad as the Cardinals and they're playing that hard for their coach and they're buying into what, he's uh asking them to do even though they're losing um or even though you know, like last week when you're getting blown out um that's a good sign for a coach and a good sign for an organization hopefully he keeps it together and a win this week yeah. you know um helps him out cuz i think i think this is a good coach and i'd love to see that rivalry come back and be you know worthwhile yeah, again yeah I, I do too they probably don't want to win i mean really the, the deep down you know somebody in that organization would love to have that first pick overall in the draft or the second pick or whatever it's going to be. Um, but creating that winning culture is more important. Um, and I think that their coach probably understands that. And um, it'll be very interesting. I, I like Dobbs as a quarterback. He's kind of an athletic guy, can sling the ball around a little bit, probably surprised mm-hmm. some people. He hasn't had a chance really yet to play a significant role in the NFL yet as a starter. And, um, so, so I think he's going to get a shot, which is yeah, good. Go, good for him. Go watch, go watch the highlights. He had a, uh, a 23 yard run where he ran over a couple people to get into the end zone, um, yeah. in, in this game. So 
uh, worth, worth looking at. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. All right. Let's get out of here. You can find the show at, uh, Hawks playbook on Twitter. It's Seahawks playbook podcast on your favorite podcast platform and our YouTube channel. Thanks to everyone for uh, watching us live. Again, I'll repost those things later on if you didn't uh, see it originally. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk, Keith is at Myers NFL, and the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network.